This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted pride of West London. Well, pre-season, post-season, it's actually the pre-first match podcast even. Very exciting. I would like to say it's the Spanish edition of the pre-first match podcast as well, because we've got quite a lot of Spanish influence on this podcast, and we'll be talking about that in just a minute. My name's Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here actually by the pool. The sun is shining, and I am in Spain, and uh, I think that the real Betis... Influence was just far too much for me, and I just thought, tell you what, I need to come out to Spain and sit here, enjoy the sun, and talk about the bees. And I'm sitting here with my chums. I've got Laney in the house. Well, he's not in the house. Laney is in La Casa. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, mate. I'm, uh, I'm in a little brewery in, uh, in Palma, Mallorca. So, uh, yeah, I've come out, come out to see my sister for a few days, and um, I've had a nice chill couple of, couple of days on my own at the end of it. I'm flying back tomorrow. Looking forward to coming back for the Leicester game on Sunday. And back, life, life is almost back to normal, eh? Football's returning. Yes, Football's right. coming home, as they say. It is coming home, and that's very, very topical. We'll talk about that in a little bit, because football has finally come home. We've got the Allard in the house as well. The Allard is not in La Casa. La Allard is in the Teddington area. Yeah, is the that close, right, the old Twickenham? The, yeah, the closest I'm in, I've got, I can get to Spain is I'm in the spare room. Um, and that and that's as close as yeah, but but I did I but I went to the Real Betis game on Saturday, so you know got a bit of Spanish influence in there. That's right, that's right. So like I said, I'm sitting here drinking my sangria as you do, like you say, and I've got the barbecue on. So what's going to happen? This is a bit of a kind of mad podcast, this one, because for us, like you know, I've got to basically get the family and get the food going. Got the barbecue game, it mustn't go out and flames and everything like that. So we thought we're just going to crash through. And just have a little chat because we've had a sort of quite busy and quite an eventful last uh, few weeks. I mean, myself and Lainey did. I've done only a couple of podcasts in the in the in the closed season as much. It's been quite nice because every time we've done a podcast, there's been plenty of news, and we just think, oh, maybe maybe we should just keep the podcast coming like this because every time we do a pod, we've got plenty of news. And uh, like I said, it's been quite a lot happening the last few days. I mean. I said, I'm out in Spain, I'm out in Marira, sort of Marira Javier. I actually met up with a bee, Javier, and his family a few days ago. Now, how much of a coincidence is that to go to a town called Javier and meet up with a Brentford fan called Javier? Can you believe it, Laney? No, I can't. 
Well, it was true. It did happen. Okay, well done. Well done. Well done for that. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate your support for that. But yeah, which is all good. But yeah, no, like I said to you, you've, uh, what have you been up to? Um, well, like, like I said, I went to the Betis game on Saturday, which I'm sure we'll cover um, soon. And then um, I went to the Women's Euros final on Sunday, which was absolutely stonkingly brilliant. It was a, it was just a beautiful day of football. Absolutely amazing. That's right. Yeah, it was. And we talk about that. And Lainey, what's, what's been going on in your life the last sort of couple of weeks since I last spoke to you? Yeah, I, I enjoyed doing the last pod. As, as you said, you know, it, it was we, we, we spaced them out really well. Um, there was plenty to talk about when we did get together. But now, obviously, we need to get our asses in gear and um, get back into season mode. I really, you know, I watched the um, I watched the women's Euro final. Uh, in in a, in a in a nice little bar in in Palma, and um, it was a really good atmosphere. It was some you know quite a lot of English and a lot of German families watching it together. Um, different vibe completely, um, but you know it was uh, it was you know an unforgettable afternoon. And uh, you know I wish I was there like you two were. So uh, yeah, you, you witnessed some history being made. Indeed, indeed. And for me, I've been out here. I went to Women's Euros, as you know, I'm bang into the, the whole sort of women's game again. I saw England playing the last World Cup, went to loads of matches over in France for that with my daughter. And then I went to all the England games, all the opening games, except for I had a holiday booked out here in Spain. So after the quarter final, I actually flew out here to Spain. Uh, I struggled to watch the semi-final, actually. I only watched the last 15 minutes on the phone, and it was quite hurting, it has to be said. Um, you know, it was great that England won, but I must speak. I thought, oh, my God, oh, no, I'm going to be I'm missing it. I can't believe I'm missing it. I've been to 16 tournaments with England, and I'm missing the one that they're actually going to win. So the following day, fair play to me. I had a little word with my wife, and I said to her, I wouldn't mind popping home for a day from Spain, <laughs> if that's OK. I have to go and watch England win the Cup. And she went, fair enough, you can go and watch England win the Cup. So I literally left... The next few days later, I got the red eye. People might know that. The red eye from Alicante. And I got the red eye. I literally stayed up for 24 hours. I met my mate Toby for a, a Portuguese in a Vauxhall about 10 o'clock. And then after we went down to the old uh, bar in Marleybone, sports bar, had a few beers there. Then we ended up at Box Park. There's loads of people in Box Park. A load of bees as well. Gemma was down there. Loads of bees as well. Had a brilliant Box Park before that match. was absolutely fantastic. The atmosphere was great, I have to say. And then the game itself, England, hey, tremendous, listen, you know, talking about, you know, to, uh, listen, just quickly, I mean, the Allards, <laughs> tactically, we're talking about this. I mean, listen, we're not, I'm not going to get into this nonsense about women's game worse than the men's game and this, that, and the other. The, the football itself was brilliant, but also the manager, she's totally on point, isn't she? Because it's the conversation that we have about sort of kind of being, you know, being able to switch a game, being able to take it to the next level. Um, you know, even when you're losing, maybe, you know, flipping it up and actually going, you know, going, going, you know, attacking, you know, is, is the first ball, um, the, the first sign of defence. And she, I, I thought, you know, listen, she just did, you know, she did the business. She obviously knows what she's doing, doesn't she? Yeah, I, I think she's a really confident manager in, in her own abilities because, because as I understand it, she she pretty much briefed each member of the team as to what their roles and responsibilities were going to be in the in, in the tournament. So 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 literally, you know, the players knew if they were like going to be a regular star. They knew if they were going to be an impact sub. They probably knew if they if they weren't probably going to play much unless there was an injury or something like that, and they were there as backup. It it, it seems like she she had. I mean, she she almost played out the plan in every single game, the same sort of plan, but sometimes at slightly different times. And and in some respects, the least effective it was was actually in the final in, in the terms of it didn't change the game um 
but she needs to get fresh legs on the pitch. But yeah, yeah, she's tactically spot on, and 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 the Spanish game was, um, I, I think for me was a was an absolute tactical masterclass of how to get back into a game that you're struggling in. That's right, that's right, and that was great. A nice couple of days at the South Coast Bees for that Brighton match as well, which I think I, I, I recorded the podcast on that day as well. So, but we, the result hadn't come. So yeah, so it was good. So like I said, to people that haven't been to the, to, to watch England. The women's game, you would have seen it on TV. You know, again, put your prejudices beside you. At the end of the day, it is football. No, it's not the same as the men's game. They do what they do. But, you know, I mean, I work with I work with girls, you know, in their formative years, you know, their early years playing football. And the thing about it is that, you know, they love it and they want to play. And, and, and they want to be, and there's some very, very, very skillful players. And it's actually just to be announced that England are playing USA. In, I think it's in November. So just get your tickets hold of that because that's the big game to me. That's the big game for the next World Cup. England versus USA. We have to now beat USA. We're the best in Europe. We need to be the best in the world. And to be the best in the world, we have to beat that team, which is all good. But listen, Laney. Yes. What are you, what are you, what are you chewing on there? Um, some bar nuts with my... Um, <laughs> With my with my with my blonde beer, it's um yeah. Did it come across? So it did. A bit munchy. No, no, sorry. it's good. Listen, it's very <laughs> very unprofessional. But, no, no, it's um, fine. They're, they're, this is all... they're a bit bland, if I'm honest. It's a bit like gravel, so I won't yeah. be eating any more of them. No, 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 so... no. We're on holiday, mate. So it's all sound yeah. effects and goods, we're... you know, sound effects. And yeah, we're te- we're technically we're we're technically still in pre-season. We're just sort of you know ramping up, getting ready for when the season starts. So you know these sort of things. Yeah, are... I, I, I think this is think of this as like my pre-season. Training. Training. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not yes. fully, fully besotted, match fit. Yeah, so yes. uh, I'll, I'll get, I'll get there. Exactly. I, 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 I started the training a bit earlier than you, than you two. You two are still on <laughs> on holiday. I've been training for the last few weeks. I had my holiday earlier in the um in the off season, and you two, are, it's like you two have played. You know, doing the podcast, it's like you played in the tournament. Now you're having your little holiday, and then you'll be back and ready. Soon. Your your consistency is is brilliant, though, the Allards. You're almost like you, you your performance doesn't tail off, does it? Even in close season. <laughs> Just you're always there. You're always match fit, man. You're always match. Right. I tell you what. I, I, I tell you what. The, the women's Euros kept me absolutely match fit ta- on the tactical stuff that went on in that. Absolutely. You're right. Fit. It was a, as, you, as you just said. It was um, it was an education, and uh, you know, in more, in more ways than one. Right, that's right. So, like I said, you got mine for mine. So, a little bit splashing in the pool and kids running around as well. That's all part of the sound effects that you're going to get. Just quickly, just final thing that I want to say, just quickly in our intro here. We have finally, and there are a few technical issues that we've had launched our besotted global that we talked about in the last podcast as well which is a, a little social media network that we've got of people who just want to come together and they want to talk about Brentford share things about Brentford um, like I said to you if you go to the the information box on this podcast as well if you want to sign up for it we've got a little couple of weeks trial I think there's a couple of weeks trial or something like that which you could sign up for it and just check it out there's loads of things going on. It's, it's powered by you as well. So you could put things into it. You know, there's got, we've got people that are doing a stat show on there. We've got people that are doing something else. I've actually done an interview with the Anfield Rap as well. As well. And sometimes what's happened is during the week, and what I'm going to say first of all is that nothing's changing with what we normally do. We've still got our Thursday podcast. We still do our post-match podcast as well. So it's nothing's changing there. It's just that we've got sometimes we've got stuff, stuff that we just do and we've got nowhere to put it. So all of a sudden in this global area, we could put it as well. So like I said to you, I've done a nice little chat with the Anfield Rap, which is an interesting chat. We're just talking about football, about Liverpool, about whatever and everything like that. So I'm going to drop that probably tomorrow morning for drive time in the global area as well. And that's just going to be an interesting little chat. You know, I know that we had somebody else who's going to be doing a little stats chat. I think he's done a little bit of a rundown 
on the, uh, I think it was on the Wolfsburg game, which is the one where we got battered, actually, um, from a stats level. And also, I think, Will, the winker as well. He's also done something as well, which he's going to be dropping on there as well. But he's also going to be having something in this podcast as well. So like I said to you, the podcast doesn't remains exactly the same, but also we're just throwing some extra bits inside Global for where it gets a bit too clogged up on our podcast uh, yeah it's just right because some i mean it's, it's, easy, it's easier to get to know people there i think you know social media is difficult and twitter it's only an x amount of characters and it's just it's difficult to get your, your point across i think this environment allows us to kind of use different mediums and um, open up some debates and it's uh you know we want it to be a uh, you know a grief free zone so uh you know there's no no uh there's no baiting and there's no abuse um, and it's you know it's, it's very much like a tried and trusted uh, friends network. So everyone's welcome, and uh, come and join us over there. That's right. So like I said, check it out in the information box. Be sort of global, and like I said, you wear getting used to it as well. We don't quite know what's going on. So it's a very much a baptism of fire for us as well, baptism of fire for you. But like I said to you, I mean, I went down the beach today and I, I've, I've come back and I've seen my phones being pinging off left, right and centre with loads of conversations happening, which is all good. So like I said to you, you can get involved. But anyway, I've got to go back to the barbecue to make sure that my meat isn't burning as well. I'm going to go and get another sangria. I know Laney's going to go and get another Belgian beer or whatever it is, and the Allard's going to get a pot of paint or something like that. And then we're going to come back, and because we're in Spanish mode, we're going to talk about Rio Betis. So, Rio Betis, and I'm saying that with my Spanish accent, because obviously I've been practising that for the last few days, or few weeks even as well. Rio Betis. And uh, actually reminds me of Dream Team, because I'm sure there was that guy, the Spanish guy who was in Dream Team, Always oh. dreamt of signing for Real Betis. Xavi, Xavi Venter? No, Xavi. Who is Xavi Venter? I've got no idea. So, uh, but anyway, listen, Real Betis. And what I'm going to say, actually, I keep on, you see, I'm jumping. I'm so excited here. I come jumping, you know, from all over the place. At the moment, while we're chatting here amongst ourselves, we've got Phil Giles. He's talking on the Bees United. Ask Phil Giles session as well. So we're getting a little bit of info, what's going on there. So we might pass that info on to you as well. But obviously you can catch that on the Bees United channel. I'm sure they're going to put that live out for fans. But that's going to be very, very interesting from what I can gather is there's things like apparently Ben Rama wasn't on, wasn't one of the characters who we were looking at when we were looking to sign ex-players. You know, So we've got a little bit of info coming back from that, um, from, uh, from the, the Phil Giles. But coming back to Real Betis. Now, the Allard, we weren't there because we were in Spain. But you went to watch Spain. Tell us about it. Yes, it was. It, it, I think um, I, I've, I don't like pre-season friendlies. I, I really don't like the early ones, especially when it's just basically rotation of players just to get fit. It's like you're watching a training session, um, and and I don't take sort of any anything into account in those games. Um, but um, but this one felt like it was like this was the proper sort of you know dress rehearsal for the pre-season. I, I'd be very surprised if we don't have the same starting eleven. At Leicester to the starting eleven against Real Betis, um, then my, I can't really see what, what what you would change probably for that game unless you want to change. I, I don't see why you change it tactically. Surely the whole point of the game is to literally practice what you're going to do at Leicester, um, and then we sort of so, so we set up four three three, and then we switched and played three at the back for probably the last twenty five minutes. Um, but it, but overall, Real Betis, I thought were you know they were pretty good. Pretty good opponents. They were quite physical. I don't think that. I mean, it's a bad thing if you get injuries. We didn't get any injuries, so that so it's a decent, really decent, you know, preseason friendly, I guess. Um, so I think um, it just 
just made me feel it was it was kind of like it made me feel a bit like yeah yeah we are quite good aren't we because sometimes you forget do you know what i mean you know and i watched it and thought yeah yeah we are oh, good yeah. we're going to be fine yeah, this season 100 percent. yeah we, we we did look really good in every in every area and i, I, I have to say you know i, I know we lost 4-0 um to, to wolfsburg and I, I i felt like there was like a real edgy nasty vibe already edging into the season like oh here we go we're gonna get relegated now and yeah, we couldn't defend corners for Toffee. I, I, I admit that, but I actually there was a really weird reaction to that defeat, and um, I thought it was just a nice, nice way to kind of snub that out pretty quickly. Because I think if we'd have lost to Betis, we would have gone into the season with kind of a chunk of fans kind of like being down and doubty. Um, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't see um, any reason to look into these pre-season friendlies, as you rightly say, any more than that they're a ninety-minute run out. You know, you can't even read much more the, into pe- people's fitness either, because you know Norgard, who hadn't played a second, um, kind of comes straight into the team for for the Betis match. You know. Um, so, you know, I think we just have to tr- in in the in the system we trust. Yeah. Um, and 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 you know, I I, I just feel that the, the Betis performance, um, not not necessarily the result. The result was obviously a bonus, but I thought the performance was we are ready for the season, and I think you know we look capable of being able to go to Leicester and 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 do a proper job on them because you know we we had strength in in depth and we had almost two solid teams there and uh you know the, there there may even be more players coming in so uh yeah I, I I think it was a good shot in the arm to be honest with you um got the last pre-season friendly out of the way with a win and with a great performance that's right that's right and it's interesting I mean like I said to you I always look at looking at this uh the world's table, the, the Matthew Benham world table as he is, where he basically pitches all the clubs against each other. You know what I'm saying? And so we can actually get a match of like, you know, when we play clubs in Europe, when we play clubs abroad in America, you know, if we ever do, you know, we can get an idea of where they are compared to us. Now, we're actually, we're down to 52. We were 40 odd uh, a few weeks ago. We were down to 52, actually, in the world, just below Newcastle, actually. Just above Eintracht Frankfurt as well, just above Wolfsburg, a couple of places above Wolfsburg, and actually uh, looking at where Real Betis is, they were 38th in the world. So Real Betis is actually kind of higher. They were just below Leicester, just above West, uh, just above West Ham, just below Crystal Palace, just below Seville, just below Leon, um, Monaco, Roma. So it kind of gives you an idea as to where and two of us were. And Leicester, indeed, like you know, which we were talking about a little bit later. Um, but you know, there were. Quite a few plus signs as well. I mean, the LR talked about, you know, and, and they talked about the fact that, you know, it was a real feel good the fact that we played. But, you know, I, I looked at the, the you know, it was at the Wolfsburg game. Maybe <laughs> we got, we got slightly hammered at that game, you know. So it wasn't great. At the end of the day, is that what you need to do is you need to iron out the creases, as they say. And the crease that needed to be ironed out is the fact that we, uh, defend, we, we, we conceded pretty much four goals from, uh, from set pieces, from corners, pretty much, like, you know, in that Wolfsburg game. It was pretty awful. Right, you know, but then interestingly, bang, who comes into this game? Ben Mee. So Ben Mee's come into the game, and all of a sudden there seems to be a different dynamic in this game, and we seem to be able to handle that as well. Also, what I thought was really good is that we started really quickly. Uh, our passing game was on, and, uh, you know, there were players I thought had fantastic games. I thought Brian Mbumo actually looked like he was on fire again. It's interesting, at the beginning of every season, Brian Mbumo looks like he's going to be on fire, he's going to have it. And last season, he looked like he's going to be on fire. Oi, 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 oi. Weasel's the only one who's on fire, Bill. 
That's true, actually. I've really fluffed it. Yeah, you don't fire it. yourself up, mate. Yeah, try and scan yeah, yeah. that. Try and scan yeah. that. To be fair, it's not bad. It's not as bad as having a bus stop in in in, in Brentford, though, is it? No, like, that's like, true. Like, yeah, yeah, facts. Yeah, guilty. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, but so Wisa is on fire as well, and Brian and Bumo is is on flames, as we say as well. And I thought he had a really great game, scored a really really good goal, and I thought he looked really really good. Also, Rico Henry, he Rico Henry had a bit between his teeth as well. So you know these these are signs for players who we've always thought would raise the bar for Brentford, go to that next level. And if, I think if they're playing like that at the start of the season, I think people are going to start raising a few eyebrows, isn't it, lady? Yeah, and obviously there was the two two sort of pre-season friendlies behind closed doors, Brighton and Arsenal. We, we won them both, and so we don't, we couldn't really see that like, they weren't broadcast live as such. So it was difficult to comment too 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 sort of in too much detail on those. But obviously the the the, the, the results were, were great, um, and you know there was two different teams in in in, in twenty four hours, um, and, and the teams we were playing were both pretty strong. So. You know, it's it's it's, just, it's a good barometer. You know, three. Let's, you know, you can frame it a different way. Three wins in a week going into the season against you know a a, a, a very good uh, La Liga team and two Premiership rivals. So you know, fair play to the bees. Yeah, I mean, we normally look at the, the, the final friendly game as a game where you're going to be pretty much playing your starting lineup in your first game, which yeah. is going to be Leicester. Okay, so we've got this team now. Interestingly. Um, we uh, talk about transfers out. We talk about transfers coming in a little bit later. I mean, the, the, the main transfer out, or pretty much the only transfer out, is actually uh, Marcus Force. And we'll talk about that in and around this game. So obviously, Marcus Force wasn't involved in this game, um, you know, the real Betis game. He wasn't involved in any of the B team games because Marcus Force has ended up having a move to Middlesbrough. And I think the Middlesbrough fans are, are very happy. Now, the interesting thing is that there's actually been no um, bids for any Brentford players at the moment, or no one's actually come in for any players other than Marcus Force. So that's quite interesting. And I know that for a time, you know, the Allard, you were just sort of saying, look, I like, I like Marcus Force, but I can't see where he kind of sits in our setup. Now that Marcus is now out of the picture, and this is, listen, we love him and he's great and we really hope he's really successful at Middlesbrough, especially we're good buddies with the Middlesbrough fans up there. But do, does this make things a little bit clearer now, the fact that Marcus is out as to maybe how we'll play the Allard? Um, I think, I think what it does is, it. I, I, to be honest, I just don't think Marcus Force fitted into our system. Um, he, he isn't the sort of centre forward that we 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 signed, um, and and he just he's a he, he's a goal scorer. He scores goals. He he gets his goals in the penalty area, and then and and he's very very good and he's very very clinical at that. But you need more than that, uh, certainly in the Premier League, and and maybe he'll develop that into his game. You know, in the future, I don't know. Um, but but it, but for me, it was a good move. I think I think he would have just got more and more frustrated at Brentford. So I I, I think it was good to get away, probably play for a team using a different system, um, and then and then you know he he gets the opportunity to stand on his own on his own two feet. I think um, I, I, in a funny sort of a way, I think it it still leaves us with a few questions because because if Tony does get injured, I mean you could have said Force would would have been the backup, albeit that. You know he's been out on loan on several times in recent years, um, but now I mean it, it, it's it's pretty clear that it's going to have to be Wiesa or, or Mbumo that are that will that will play up front if if Tony gets injured unless we sign somebody else before the transfer window closes, and I'm I'm, I'm not sure we will. I'm really pleased for Force. I think he 
he's too good to be languishing in, in our reserves. And I, I 100% agree that he's kind of the wrong option for us. And that's not, that's not in any way a criticism of him because I think he's a, an absolutely cracking young striker. And as you said, he's, he's clinical, he's a goal scorer, he's a poacher. He's, he, that's, not what we, that's not the way we play our football. You know, we play our football. We don't really play two up front, do we? I, I think, you know, he, he's a nine or a ten. You know, I, I think he'd, he'd, he'd be best suited in a, in, a, in a two up front kind of system. And, and you know, I, I, I hope that's what Middlesbrough will see. And I hope maybe that's what um, the way they'll play him. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's good for him to wipe the slate clean. Um, and, you know, he goes, goes without blessing, sounds a little bit patronising, really. But I think, you know, I, th- I think he, he goes and we just hope that he does really well because he scores some really good, important goals for us. No one will ever forget the, uh, the Bournemouth third goal. Um, you know, he, he's, he's entwined into our recent history. And, you know, he's got a, he's got a really great family um, who who were really supporting him and behind him? And if you ever see any of his any posts of anything that Marcus Force is mentioning, his mum retweets and comments. And you know, this it's a really it's a really happy, um, positive career that he's going to have ahead of him. And uh, shame it's not with us, um, but he's got he's got some really really big days ahead of him. That lad. So just coming back to the this real Betis game as well. I mean, looking at the team, we had Raya Hickey. Uh, Janssen, uh, me, we got Henry, we got Janelt, Jensen, Norgard, Risa, Tony, and Mbumo. Those are the starting 11. And again, like I said to you, they sort of kind of came out on fire and they were looking very, very positive, isn't it, the Allard? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, we, we got to see Hickey for the first time. Um, and I, I think it will take him, I, I think he's going to take a bit of time for him to settle at right back. Um, but why is that? Well, because he's, it's a weird one because he's, Although he's right-footed, um, he has played left-back most of his recent career, um, and um, and it was kind of odd. It, it, it's quite odd to have a to have a guy that plays left-back all the time who's right-footed. So you would think he would fit better at right-back, but maybe um, it would just take a bit of time for him to you know to switch into that. He didn't have a bad game by any stretch of the imagination, and um, and obviously he's still learning our system, and and we're still learning him as a player. So, um, but it, it, it's going to be really fascinating, I think, to watch to watch Hickey. Um, I, Rico was the was the the fullback that sort of made had all the attacking intent. Um, but yeah, I, I think it will be interesting to watch him progress in the next, probably just in the next few weeks, um, to to make that position his own. That's right, and Ben Mee as well. He's made his Brentford debut as well, and I think the word that we use is um, a solid, yep. um, calming influence. Uh, knows what he's doing. Um, you feel comfortable with him on the pitch. Yeah, he 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 brought a real, I thought, brought a real uh, solidity. Solidity to the to the back line. Um, he's you know he he can play on the left. That's great if Pinnock's if Pinnock's out injured. Um, you know in some respects the jury's still out on Mads Beck. Um, so I, I think it was a I think it was a really you know a really decent signing, and um, it definitely sort of I don't I, I think we can have a settled back four. Um, at the beginning of the season, with Pinnock being with Pinnock being out injured and me being available. Yeah. Okay, and, and in the midfield, it's interesting. We had, we had Jan, you know, usually a Jan mm. Norgard and, and Jensen mm. in there. And I know you're very much for Jensen because Jensen gets a load of dogs abuse, basically. But you know, well, your belief is that you know Jensen, the playmaker, mate, when he's on when he's on fire, he's on fire, and he, he makes things happen. Yeah, he, I mean, the thing with Jensen is, is that 
there isn't really anyone else at the club that has got that has got those sort of skills. I mean, Ericsson ha- had them, obviously. Oh, oh hang on, we weren't going to say that word, were we? Oh, yeah, who? sorry, who? <laughs> who? That's the last time. But 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 the bottom line is is that is that Jensen has some skills that 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 we don't really have at the club, and by that I mean. <sighs> Whether you think his set pieces are, are, are decent or not, there aren't really many other obvious players to take set pieces, um, and um, and he just has that ability to sort of open games up with with, with passes and, he, and he's in his creativity. What I thought was really interesting is when Josta Silva came on, and I haven't seen this much from from De Silva before. We all know he can run with the ball. We all know how skillful he is. He pinged a few really sort of um, decent passes, and and I just saw maybe a slightly different side to Josta Silva that will also certainly make him. Um, you know, fit into the first team as soon if there is going to be a change around in that middle three. It'll be interesting to see what we do, whether we stick with Janel and Norgaard playing together or not. Yeah, well, I mean, that's interesting. Me again, Phil Giles is chatting on the Bees United um, uh, Ask Phil Giles um, show, which is on right now. Like I said to you, and go out and definitely check it out because that will be out there somewhere. Like I said, information is coming through. And apparently, you know, what Phil said is that, you know, with regards to Christian Eriksen, they're actually just sitting there and because they believe that Joshua Silva will be able to build himself into the role and they've got total faith into him. So rather than going out and buying another player to replace Christian Eriksen, as such, they're saying, listen, Joshua Silva's our man. Now, we got a little bit nervous when we saw Joshua Silva play in back end of the season and also in a couple of pre-season friendlies a bit earlier. We're thinking we're a bit nervous that Josh may not be the Josh that we knew before. However, in this game, I thought Josh looked a lot more of the player that we'd like him to be. Is that right, Laney? Yeah, I think um, I think a bit of patience and a little bit of uh, kind of um, manners is, is 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 should be afforded to both both him and to uh, to, to Jensen as well. I don't really want to see us sort of getting on their backs quite so quite so quickly. I, I think um, I think you know it's, it's an important season for Jensen, and he's been he's been playing some really good football for Denmark. And I, I just it's, there's something there, and I, I just I just hope it's I hope it's something that we can see more of. You know, I I, I I just don't like that groaning from the first game of the season. I think you know let's let's let's, let's give it give it till sort of like the you know the, the World Cup break. Let's let's see let's see like how the players can and can develop. It's, it's been a lot of churn. Um, and there's a lot of players that are coming back, and but Jensen, he does he does need to perform. So uh, you know, I just hope he does. What 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 I think was interesting last season was Jensen's best games were um, were were when he didn't play with, let's say, Jan out or Norgard. Let's put it that way. Um, and um, I, I I think maybe when he plays with with Jan out on Norgard. Maybe um, there's he just doesn't have someone else in midfield that that, that will read him um, quite, quite the same as as somebody a bit more creative. So I, I wonder if in the end we will be playing a midfield that will be Norgard and then maybe Jensen and De Silva. Um, but then but then Janel is almost the first player you want to put on the team sheet. So it's, it, th- th- there's some conundrums going on there that will be interesting to to see how we um, how we cope with that. I mean, and then talking about conundrums, I mean, bring it, there's other players that also came on as subs. I mean, we had Rusliv and Medzbeck as well, and Godos, who we kind of know, you know, we know what those players are all about. The interesting one is Onyeka, who, again, he sort of petered out towards the back of the season, but I thought he actually had a really good game, and I'm hoping that he continues on that form as well. And also, the interesting one, or there's two interesting ones, is um, Keen Lewis Potter as well, and Baptiste. Now, I thought Baptiste, he only had about eight minutes or nine minutes or so, but I thought he looked wicked in that game as well. And I figured if he can if he can come back in 
like we know Baptiste will do. He's going to be a, he's going to be an absolute weapon for us. No, and not weapon in that kind of way. You know, I'm saying a positive <laughs> weapon. <laughs> or your weapon, Baptiste. <laughs> and also Lewis Potter, Keen Lewis Potter. Now he came on. And you know, I did the I did the review in the Guardian the other day, and I I kind of just wanted to change things up a little bit, so I I thought let's just throw in let's throw in the new boy into the team, like you know, and let's try and keep the three players up front with Wiesa and uh, Ivan Tony and 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 Bumo instead. So we got quite an attacking thing, and then I threw into the midfield, not really knowing anything about Lewis Potter other than seeing him play sort of like three minutes against Wolfsburg, like you know, Lewis Potter looks like he's going to have a little bit of time to kind of into the team in Italy a lot. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I actually think that with us now having, the, because of the, the way the subs is changed, you can have five subs and this is, and, and we can go back again to the women's Euros to some extent and how well England used the five subs. Um, I, I, I think we'll see something very similar. I think Baptiste will be an impact player. Um, I think he'll come on as a, as a sub to freshen up, to give some fresh legs into the midfield, and to you know he, he can drive forwards with the ball. Um, I, and and I, and I think that that's where um, where where, Potter, where he'll fit in, where I'm keen as Potter will fit in initially is 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 as an impact player. Um, and 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 maybe that's you know maybe that is the maybe that is the thing is is that finding the balance is that you'll only you know you'll be literally switching you'll you'll be bringing subs on probably after fifty five sixty minutes not long after half time. Um, regularly, because you, because you aren't going to be worried about using up your three subs and then worrying about getting an injury, because you can put three subs on, get some fresh legs in there, and then you still got two more that you can make. That's right. That's right. Listen, and and, and coming back to the players on this side as well, we sub now. We saw him do some wicked things last season, but at times you're sort of thinking, hmm, he's, he's not quite there. But to me, this Wiesa is looking like the player. I think this season, if he continues like he looks like he's continued in this preseason, also he's been pretty much in every team. It looks like Wiesa is the starter now. He's going to be starting. Is he a, we- is he a weapon? He is. Uh, what, what a weapon that Wiesa is. I think that he will be starting for the Bees, and I think that he's going to be a very dangerous player for us. What do you reckon? I, I, if we play four three three, he will start. Yeah, um, I, I, I think that's. That's obvious because because I just don't think there's anybody else that can start because I don't think Kinnis Potter's going to start at the beginning of the season so for sure he's going to start um, and um, I think it's a big season for him he he's he, he's a player that I think has taken a bit of time to learn our system what he's really good at he's very very good in front of goal he's almost the opposite to Mbumo in the in the in the what he's is that if he's running in on goal you're like super confident um, and Mbumo not so much but. But he doesn't quite have as much to his game as Mbumo. He's probably not quite as quick, quite as pacey. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 he, he needs a run of starts, doesn't he? And, and I guess that's what we're going to see, and certainly in the next few weeks. I think, I think we've been. I think he's been lucky because although although you're right, he's, he's not. He's not kind of um, had a, a, an amazing uh, sort of first season. He, he kind of almost has as well because he has scored really impact goals um, and, and he's, he's, he's come on and he's, he's, you know, he's kind of been, been effective, but, you know, he's not a starter as such. And I think, you know, I think that's his, his next level, his next, his next sort of development. Yeah, that, yeah. He, he needs to start, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. Because he's been an impact sub. That's, that's what he's been best at, I would say. Yeah. Um, and now he's going to, he is going to get a run of starts, I'm sure, in the next five weeks. If he, if he, if he can do that over 90 
90 minutes, then he's becoming, I'm not saying Mo Salah, but, you know, he's, he's, he's someone that every time he gets the ball, you're thinking, oh, my God, what's he going to do with it? Not a five-minute, ten-minute impact yeah. performance. And, and we've always said, you know, it takes a year, doesn't it, to get to get used to our system. He didn't, he didn't do pre-season with us last season either. So um, he's going to have had a full pre-season and he's had a year to sort of learn the way we play. Yeah. Okay. And and, and just interesting because you said you know if he play we play four three three then he's right in there. However, you know we have got you know another we got we got defenders in there. We got Aya who's out injured at the moment now. And again, that was a that was a bit of a sort of dilemma because I'm sort of thinking you know if you've got defenders okay who are in your side, all right, you've got Pontus Janssen, you've got Aya, you've got Pinnock, right. Do you, you know, who are you going to leave out? Are you going to leave them out? You're going to put them all in. Are we going to go three at the back, stroke five at the back? You know what I'm saying? You would have thought with players like that in your side, and then you've got Ben Mee as well, who potentially can come in or not come in there as well. Are you going to change your system where you're going to go three at the back, two wing backs, and then, you know, be adjusting your system? Or are you going to be, you know, as Thomas Frank has done, he's adjusted it where he's played, um, he's played one half, one, you know, one, one, one formation, and then he's flipped it. In the second half, I mean, what do you reckon the other? I, I think with the injuries to Pinnock and Ayer, I'd be surprised if we if we're planning to go free at the back um, at the beginning of this season because of because it'd be difficult to find to, to get the balance right in the three. Yes. Um, but I think as they come back and get fitter, that will give us other options. But I, I'd be very surprised if we don't just see Ben Mee and Pontus as our two centre backs on um, on Sunday. But for sure, no. once the others are back, then we can really flip it about. This, I think this is my point. And again, when I did the, the Guardian piece, which or the Observer piece, which they asked us for, they said, name us your best 11 players if they're all, you know, all fit. You know what I'm saying? And so you're sort of thinking, well, if these players are in, I can't, you know, I can't leave Ayer out the side. I just can't. I, just, I can't leave Pinnock out the side. And then you've got Pontus and you've got Ben Mee. You know, what are you going to do? So, you know, so you, you sort of, you, it, it all looks towards a sort of three at the back, straight five at the back. Plus you've got Aaron Hickey, who is a, he's a flying wing back. He's a wing back player as well. So you're sort of thinking with Rico playing as he's doing, and you've got Hickey who might be up to his game. We might be back to sort of kind of Brentford of old, where we were, uh, we were flying down the wings and uh, causing all sorts of problems. What happened last season was that when we played teams like Chelsea and Liverpool, um, we tended to who play three sort of attacking players, and they're and they and they're three players that that play literally. You know, there's a middle, there's a left and a right. Then we did sort of um, play three at the back. I think, as far as I can remember, certainly in the better performances we had, we did that at Chelsea away, and we did that at Liverpool at home. I think I might have that wrong. Um, but we certainly did it at Chelsea away, and um, and we matched and we matched them up. So so it gives us that option to do that. Um, we did it against Tottenham, I think, as well at home um, when we played really well. And it, and so the three at the back will definitely come into it without a doubt this season. I just think at the moment it's a bit of a luxury. Of course. Okay. So listen, we're talking about a real Betis. Like I said, your great result against real Betis. Like I said, missed a few chances. Risa as well missed some chances actually to put bees further ahead. But we're happy with the one 0 and we're going into the Leicester game at the weekend which is all good but the one thing that we haven't spoken about is that we haven't talked because we've got you know we've got a little bit more transfer activity going on so what I'm going to do I need to go out there I need to turn my meat on the barbecue and get myself another sangria and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about a little bit more activity happening in and around New Griffin Park it's a it's a, it's a real slow cook this one isn't it Bill? <laughs> <laughs> so transfers you know Every time we do a podcast, oh, Sangria has been delivered to me. Ah, here we go. Thank you very much. 
Ah, uh, very good. Sorry, I'm, I'm just yes. going to get all sick actually. But you know, goes with the shirt. Transfers. We've we've people are really happy. Everyone's talking about Brentford now that they've signed these players. Last season, no, oh, yeah, they're rubbish. They're not going to do anything because they haven't signed anybody. And all of a sudden, like they said, ah, oh, they're going to be brilliant because they signed loads of players. It's all about the balance. And like I said to you, Phil Giles are sitting down there talking to the Bees United crew. Definitely go and check that out because he's got a lot of things to say. And as he said, you know, Phil Giles, we're going to only sign a player when we feel it's going to be the right time and the right type of player. Talked about loan players. You know, we ain't going to get loan players in just for the sake of it, because they'll keep out our own players and they'll stunt their development. You know, so eventually, and also the interesting thing, though, is that we've always had this thing about, um, what do you call it? You call them um, experienced players. Brentford always like to sign players young because they feel that if they get better, then we can actually sort of realise their um, value and then sell them on for more. But there's always been the balance up saying that we haven't got enough experienced players in the side and that can cause us problems, you know, and that probably causes us problems in us not going up in the couple of years that maybe we could have done. You know, so Pontus Janssen comes in and within a couple of years, we've got promoted. There's another experienced player that Brentford have decided they're going to sign and spend quite a lot of money on, relative to us, actually. Got Damsgaard. Damsgaard. Now, Damsgaard, I remember him from the World Cup. Euros. And, uh, uh, no, it's the Euros. It was the Euros, wasn't it? Yeah. And we had, obviously, Henrik Dalsgaard, who we thought was really playing for us, but, you know, he actually never started. It was always Dal- Damsgaard, yes. you know, and he was scoring goals directly from free kicks and all that. And I just thought to myself, <laughs> he's a damn good player. I wonder, it would be really damn good Damsgaard, yeah. yeah um, very it'd, be, good it'd, be nice, it'd, be, it'd be nice if he played for us, wouldn't it? And very early, very early in that tournament, I looked, I thought, who does he play for? Oh, Sampdoria. Yes. Oh, shit. Oh. I was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no yeah. chance. Yeah, dream on. Yeah, no, dream no, on. no chance. Nice. Yeah, dream but, on. But, yeah. you know. But right. some dreams come and, and from maybe true. Yeah, everyone talks about, you know, that, that person who left us is at who? And again, Phil Giles has said, give him a good reception because he's been all right for us. You know, So maybe we should stop the who thing and maybe just tip our hat to Christian Eriksen and say, oh, fair enough, he played for us. I know you've moved on. Oh, you're changing the rules now, I am, Bill. actually, aren't I? I know. It's the sun's gone to yeah. the eggs. <laughs> the sangria. Sang- sangria. <laughs> and that wearing that shirt has made you that's, a bit kind of lib- liberal. Right. You need sunglasses to check out the shirt that I'm wearing at the moment now, actually, which is all good. But um, like I said to you, Christian Eriksson, maybe him coming to Brentford and doing what he's done has made Damsgaard go, hold on a second, maybe this will be quite a good move for me. So, uh, you know, so we've got Damsgaard, who's a damn good player, who medical is pretty much on the way. You know, he could be, sort of, you know, he'll be in a stands up at Leicester by the sounds of things. He obviously won't be on the pitch because we need a bit of international clearance from him. But he could be in on playing for the Bees for the Man United game, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, and I, I think this is part of our evolution. You know, you've got players that don't look at Brentford and go, who, where, what? You know, you've got, you know, the, the elevation and stature that Christian Eriksen provided, as well as some of the other signings that we're making at the moment. It's, 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 a, it's a statement. It's a statement of intent. You know, we don't plan on going anywhere. We're building, we're building for a sustainable premiership future. And you know these these players are excited by by Brentford. We you know we are one of the most talked about clubs in football at the moment. You know we are we're 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 a bit weird. We're a bit niche. You know we're we're coming out of the radar a little bit. Um, and you know Ericsson would have talked. Um, he might have actually said a nice thing about us while he was with his uh, teammates, his international teammates, when he was, you know, in the, the friendlies early earlier part of the summer. You know, we we are an option now. If you're if you're not happy where you are um, in a big European, t- you know, club, 
come to Brentford. You know, we, we, I'm, I'm sure he's going to earn be earning something similar. Um, you know, it may not be the transfer fee that the Tottenham would have paid last summer. We would have, we would have like rumoured to be looking at forty or fifty million pounds for him. But we're, we're shrewd. Um, there's an opportunity there. Um, there's, a, there's a question mark over his fitness. I heard he's got arthritis, which is you know a degenerative uh, joint joint condition. Um, but he's, he's still a, a young guy, so it, it's, it's going to get. You know, I, I assume that we've done our due diligence on that, and it's a manageable, treatable condition. It's not something he's going to be side, sidelined with, like your, you know, your aunt, auntie Doreen in, in, in her eighties. You know, that's a different kind of arthritis where you know, literally, it's just, you know, you can't move. So, you know, I'm I'm massively excited by him. What you know, what he he looks a world class player at last summer's Euros, and for him to be pulling a Brentford shirt. Yes, indeed, is, and, and, and the Allard, I'll ask a question. I mean, Damsgaard, yeah. and we've looked, we talked about that team, which will probably be our opening team against Leicester. Where does Damsgaard fit in? Because looking at it, you know, he he, he plays down the left. But he also plays, you know, in midfield as an attacking midfielder. Where do you see him fitting into our side? Well, he's a number ten, isn't he? And that doesn't—that never goes well with us. We side players <laughs> number tens. Um, I, I would almost describe him as a number ten. But but to, to be to be honest, he's played. I, I think at Sampdoria, he played. He played out wide because I think I think Ranieri sort of used to play maybe four in midfield and I think he used him as a wide player at times so so I, I so I actually think he could fit in potentially and and I think he's slightly different to Ericsson to Ericsson sorry um, because because he plays he plays a bit further up the pitch I, I would say he's not he's not a direct um, replacement um, so I think he could play in a front three as one of the wide players and I think he could play as an attacking player in the midfield three as well so I so I, I think he offers you know uh, he's versatile in that he could play in 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 either of those in either of those positions. As Laney says, that, that there is a question mark, you know, over his fitness. Um, and and let's be honest, if we were if if this was this time last year and we were talking about signing him, we'd all be our heads would be like blowing and blown up, and we'd be just like going, "What is going on here? What's going on here?" I, I think the signing in with Brentford signing Damsgaard makes a bit more sense because because we do know as. As as we've done before, we are taking a little. We are taking a risk, and um, and obviously, I'm sure we've done our due diligence. We'll have a medical to really make the assessments. Um, but 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 there is an element of risk. But if but if there wasn't an element of risk, we wouldn't be signing him for what with what we say in twenty million or whatever 15, it is. 15 million, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there was an element of risk with Christian Eriksen as well. So that's Absolutely. what we do. Absolutely. That's what we do. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I, I, I think as well, you know, because of the you know the relationship he's he's probably got with Thomas Frank and the Danish connection and you know the the, the chat with the Danish national you know head coach and Eriksen and Jensen and Norsgaard, you know, they know they, these guys have conversations and I'm I'm, and I'm sure if Damsgaard comes in he'll say he'll be having conversations with Thomas Frank about where he feels his best position is. You know, we're not trying to shoehorn him into a system where, you know, we've got a gazillion world-class players already. And this is like another, another, another one. You know, we, we can kind of, we can build our formation around him. And if, you know, again, if he's fit, we, we say, where, where, where's your strongest position? Where are we going to get the best out of you? Where's your creative creativity going to be best used? And um, I'm sure those conversations are happening, you know. And, I, and another, I will mention him in passing, you know, is um, Halil Devasoglu, who's, I, I don't think he's gone to Hull. There's talk of him going to Hull. I don't, I don't think he's been gone yet, but he's had, he's had a pretty strong 
pre-season like he always does. He's, he's set up goals. He looks he looks useful. I, I still don't think we've given him a chance. Yeah, do you know? Do you know what? I've, I, you, you've actually sort of. Um... You've made you've made me suddenly realise that when 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 I'm thinking of Tony, um, if something happened to Tony, is that I I, I forget Devasogli, um, and and I think I, I I think he deserves a chance this I think season. He really does. Yeah. I think he deserves a chance certainly in the first half of the season. Um, again with the five substitutions, um, options, then I, I I think you'll see you know he'll get some minutes for sure. We've got Damsgaard. Who's like I said to you, it looks like he's going to join us, which is very, very exciting. Like I said to you, and all these conversations, like I said to you, we're talking about it now as well. Don't forget, Besotted Global, lots of people who have signed up to it as well. Don't forget to go and check your, your inbox because there's an email in there which you actually have to do your final signings in, then you'll get inside there. There's already conversations that are happening within the global. Just set up because I'm sure we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be talking about the game as we come into the game at the weekend and talking about lots of other bits and pieces. Then there's an international section for the international fans. There's all sorts of stuff going on in Besotted Global. So go and definitely check that out but look we've got a big game on Saturday it's our first game of the season so we're going to be going up to Leicester on Sunday not Saturday because Saturday there is a West Indian carnival so they moved it to the Sunday unfortunately I'm here in Spain so I'll be going to a carnival in Spain and rather than a West Indian carnival in Leicester but I know a few of you are going up to the West Indian carnival on Saturday staying over and then going to the game on Sunday we're going to go over and talk to Thorpey because he knows everything about Leicester and then we're going to come back we're going to talk about Hello, my name's Jamie Thorpe. I'm a freelance broadcaster, mainly covering my boyhood club of Leicester City. Um, I've been a fan for um, my entire life, mainly. Um, Season 2 holder for a vast majority of it as well, Um, even from way back when, before we got any good. Um, So I've seen the ups and downs, the wins and losses, and, and hopefully I've got a reasonable handle on the club and can give you some sort of insight ahead of our game this weekend. Last season, it's hard to really judge it because on the face of it, it was a massive disappointment. Um, All pre-season predictions would have pointed to us, again, challenging at the top six. Um, Two preceding fifth place finishes were obviously excellent and you'd expected the club to sort of kick on and continue to challenge the status quo, but unfortunately didn't exactly pan out like that. Um, And on the face of it, eighth and a semi-final in the European Conference League would have been viewed as a bit of a bit of a letdown in all honesty. But the mitigating circumstances is that we had a frankly ridiculous injury crisis. There were players out all over the place um, and key players and key positions at key times. So to deal with that and the rotation that comes with being in Europe um, and to get into that semi-final whilst maintaining eighth, I think is not actually as bad as it seems. Um, you look at the, uh, the likes of West Ham, who largely viewed as having their best season ever, um, one of their strongest Premier League seasons of all time, and yet they finished only four points ahead of us. So th- there's a perception thing there, and I think Leicester can take a little bit of positive from the fact that they they sort of mid- rode the storm, so to speak, but probably a five out of ten overall. Um, I think it's fair to say that this preseason hasn't exactly panned out like many of us would have hoped or expected. Rogers spoke towards the end of last season about Leicester needing something of a refresh and I, like many others, translated that into meaning that you'd see some ins and outs in the squad. Um, so far, we've sold a few and released a few youth team and fringe players, but no one that's even been in and around the first team squad and we have signed no one, uh, which is a record that is held by no other clubs in Europe. So I think it's now down to top seven leagues. So 
that is a little bit of a concern. But in my view, we've been punished for our own ambition. We built a European-sized squad, overpaid certain players in order to ward off any competition. Some of these transfers haven't worked out. And then obviously we've not qualified for Europe. Um, and that means we're at our limit with our squad size. We're at a limit with our wage bill. I think our wage turnover ratio is something like 99%. Um, and in order to bring players in, we now have to sell. Um, it doesn't help that the man that we've recruited to be our head of um, head of transfers, our, our director of football, so to speak, um, head of recruitment, I should say, um, is joining after pre-season. Um, so it's it seems it feels like a little bit of a mess. Um, and, and as a result, clubs looking at this situation, they know less need to free up some space in their squad. They know that um, we need players off our wage bill. And so it's open season on Leicester. So at the moment, Jamie Vardy's been linked away with Man U and Chelsea. Madison's been linked with Newcastle, amongst many others, and Fafana is being linked with Chelsea. And these, all three of these players would be massive, massive losses. Um, they're very key to the way that we play, and but you can see why people are looking and, and iron them up, and I suppose that we should be thankful that we have these players here. But ultimately, if we're going to get any stability and get back to the heights that we need to, these are the sort of players that you need to be hanging on to, and you need to have their heads firmly in Leicester. Um there are some positives that we have looked very, very sharp in the games we played. Um, Keenan Dewsbury Hall continues to develop at a scary pace. Um, Madison's been fantastic and Harvey Barnes in particular has played ever so well and will be a man to watch heading into the season. So our best 11 matches a lot of teams within the league. I think we have several players who get into any team outside the top four and there are reasons to be cheerful and not get dragged down into the uh, social media meltdown, which is which is so easily done. Um, yes, so Schmeichel leaving is a, a big, big disappointment, regardless of his current ability. He's, you know, he's a lesser legend, um, been here over 10 years, 400 appearances, one goal that, that wasn't given, although it was certainly over the line, um, and won four trophies in his time. He's a club legend, and I hope that we give him the testimonial, frankly, that he deserves, so we can give him the, the send-off he deserves. Um, there were some signs of early regression, but he's still a top-quality keeper. I think he's a match winner, um, and it's a huge blow, especially given that it sounds like we're not going to be able to replace him directly. Um, and so that does create us some issues. Ward will likely be his replacement. Um, it's between him or, or Daniel Iverson, who spent last year on loan at Preston. And neither of them fill me with the confidence that you need. Um, there are lots of people that are big fans of Danny Ward, and he's and he has performed well in certain games in in the club in the cup games that he's played, barring a disaster in Nottingham Forest last year. And he's he's a full international, albeit for Wales, with no disrespect, but he's perhaps he's not the level of Castro Schmeichel. Um, Schmeichel still had it in him to be world class on his day with big, big moments and big saves at important times. And I think you lose, we lose his influence as much as anything. So we are weaker as a result for sure, but it's on players to step up. Ward's been there for several years. We paid a fair bit of money for him. So here's his opportunity. He's been, I'm hoping that he's been biding his time patiently and that he's going to prove me, prove me and others wrong. So last year, as I alluded to earlier, the injury crisis was honestly like nothing I've ever seen. I know Liverpool's issues got all the headlines, but ours were significantly worse in my view. Um, I think every single member of our first choice 11 spent significant time on the sidelines. We lost Fafana for almost the entire season. James Justin was coming back from a serious injury. Madison struggled with his hip. Vardy was out. 
twice you missed in DD for massive parts of the season. Johnny Evans spent time on the sidelines. Pereira did his, um, had a bad injury. Castagna was out. So I think there was a, one game where we had three defenders playing in our back four. Um, and we had to convert, you know, Daniel Amati has become somewhat of a cult hero because he, he went from being sixth choice centre-back to being our star man because <laughs> he's the only registered defender that we have playing. So you can you can never get that consistency that you need in the Premier League if you're constantly chopping and changing a team. It just doesn't work like that. And I think that is one of the, that is the major issue why we struggle. Rogers had to juggle massive fixture congestion with having a severely depleted squad. Um, you take the best five players out of any team in this league and they struggle. So I think the fact that we managed to cobble together some results despite that is is a positive. Um, so this season I'd expect it to be different. You know, we've got, I mean, touch wood that we don't lead, lose any players to either transfer or injury and there's a very, very strong squad there. So there are certain players that are developing. I think Madison's come on leaps and bounds. Um, Barnes, uh, especially, and Keen and Juju, as I mentioned, um, so with those sort of players coming through, um, no European football, less rotation. Um, Madison will want to get, in, will be dying to get himself into the England squad. Um, there's reasons reasons to think that we can go on and have a good season. Um, in fact, the club could use this as an opportunity to sort of reset and and get themselves back into the mix without the just without the distractions and take it as a positive. Um, Madison, of course, is the player that I think will get the plaudits, but I think the eyes have got to be on Harvey Barnes. Third most assists in the Premier League last year. Same as Jared Bowen and Mason Mount. It's really not talked about enough. I think he's an excellent, dangerous, direct player on his day. Um, and he's a man that I think if he can add consistency to his game will be absolutely lethal. In terms of looking for players to improve, um, Samare is straight away top of my list for that. You know, when we signed him, player of the year in in Lille and from their title win. Um, he was largely regarded as being one of the brightest prospects coming out of France and he's been, <laughs> to say he was disappointed last year would be a massive understatement. Um, he's not managed to get even remotely close to hitting the levels that he hit in France. So he needs to do, he needs to do better um, and he's probably going to have to. Um, if we lose Tillemans, it's likely that he'll have a few more minutes and it'd be good if he can replicate some of that form. I think it would be a, make a massive difference to the team. Well, Man City and Liverpool are obvious choices for first and second. I think they're completely interchangeable. Um, they've strengthened what were already incredible teams. I think Haaland, despite his Korean Shield performance, is going to score an absolute hatful of goals. Um, Darwin looks to be a, a quality player. It's hard to pick. I think if you safe bets to say Man City first and Liverpool second. Um, Spurs are my outside bet to get into the top three. I think a full pre-season under Conte and they've added some real quality, not just sort of showy players, but they've added some steel in there as well and I think they're going to be a team to watch. Chelsea, I'm not 100% convinced by, um, although I think Sterling is an excellent signing. And bottom three, Bournemouth, I, I think they're in massive trouble. They've not invested at all, really. Um, their style under Parker as well will be a massive, massive issue for them. Um, to not score a single goal on the counter last year, albeit in a league that they did well in, but to not score a single goal on the counter in an entire year is a massive concern considering the league that they're coming into um, then it'll be Fulham uh, their defence is a concern they've got a lot of exciting attacking players but their defence is paper thin and finally I'll say not so it's just because I'm a Leicester fan um, although in reality I think they've actually strengthened quite well and I think it'll be Everton that will be in real trouble but I'll say Forest just because it's a nice opportunity too
Um, our games against Brentford last year were absolutely ridiculous. I think you do well to pick three better goals <laughs> across uh, from Leicester's point of view. I think yeah, all three of them were on the list for our goals of the season. Um, <laughs> the Castagna goal, brilliant. Madison free kick, amazing. But Tillemans' goal in the uh, game at your place was better than both of them put together in my mind. It was absolutely sensational. So I think Brentford can feel themselves a little bit hard done by to not have taken a point off us given that the games are quite equal. Um but in terms of your season, from my point of view, I think that people might be writing off Brentford a little bit. I've seen a lot of talk about um, that because Ericsson is off, that you'll struggle and it'll be a real, real issue. But I'm not 100% sure. Don't get me wrong, player of that quality is going to be missed. There's no understanding the effect he had on your season, from my point of view. But there are some excellent players. Um, Rico Henry, um, Brian and Waymo. It'd be great if he could not hit the woodwork every time, especially for my fantasy team. Um, I think Jensen and De Silva, a, a, again, very good players. Jensen goes under the radar for me. And Hickey is an intriguing signing. So you seem to have addressed what I think was a major issue from last season, which is the lack of depth. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how you do. Um, I wouldn't want to put a prediction on it because um, I'll leave that to leave that to you guys who know significantly more about the, about the club. But um, I'd, I'd like to think that you'd be aiming to finish somewhere around where he did last year. I think that would be a good result given how certain teams have strengthened. So um, fingers crossed for you guys. Um, so having said all that and all those nice things about <laughs> about Brentford, um, I am a Leicester City fan, so I've got to predict a, a win for us, really. Um, I'll say at home, first game of the season, I'll say 2-1 to Leicester, although I am massively concerned about your set pieces. Um, our record is ridiculously poor and we've not addressed that in pre-season the fact that you guys got 15 from these last season is an issue um so i think it'll be i think it'll be two on to leicester um thank you very much for having me on um it's always a pleasure to to speak to you guys and thank you very much for listening um looking forward to the game hopefully um you enjoy it but not too much um and best of luck for the season and see you next time so leicester's coming up we had thorpey there who is um He's oh, he's looking forward to the new season. They haven't signed anyone. They just uh, look like they're going to get rid of Schmeichel as well, which uh, which could be good news for us as well. We were, we were hoping they'd get rid of Madison and uh, a few of their other players before Sunday, but that's not looks like it's not going to happen. So, uh, but maybe one going is going to be better than none at all. Because Schmeichel is a very good goalkeeper. And Leicester now, and Leicester is an interesting uh, interesting team. Again, I had a chat with, like I said to you, Neil. From the Anfield Wrap, and again, that's on Besotted Global. Just, just, just shot the breeze for about an hour. Just talked about stuff, and I asked him, you know, what teams are you a little bit disappointed? Or who you think are going to maybe not do as well as you thought? And he said Leicester. He said Leicester. They've not bought anyone this season. You know, they're one of these sides who kind of play really badly. Sometimes they play really well. They're kind of like, you know, they basically kind of, you know, they, 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 they did better than maybe they could or should have done. And he thinks that this season. Maybe the one where they come a little bit of a cropper. Now, I thought that was interesting for me. Well, he does a lot of analysis of teams up and down the country and up in, in, in the Premier League. And I'm just wondering, is that your thoughts on Leicester, the Elot? I'm not sure at the moment. Um, I, I think, if so we're assuming Schmeichel's not playing Sunday. I don't know if it's been announced officially, but it looks like he's off to Nice. Um, and then there has been other rumours, hasn't there, around Madison, um, was that Newcastle somewhere? And then, and was it... Tillemans, Man United, maybe or something like that. I mean, I don't know how much there is in that, but but if there is there is stuff in that, and there are text messages flying around and players talking to players, and and, and you know maybe there is a bit of unrest. Who knows? That certainly wouldn't be a bad thing if that was the case for us on Sunday. 
Um, I think this might be a really good time to play Leicester on Sunday, is my sort of feeling at the moment. Lenny? I've got, I've got to agree there. Yeah, yeah, there certainly does seem to be um, a feeling of kind of churn. Yeah, I, I think there's players that want to leave. Um, you know, it's never, a, it's never a good thing. And, and as you just rightly said, Allard, if, if, if while this transfer window's open, there's a lot of talk, a lot of agents get, getting phone calls from other clubs. You know, Leicester have got some exceptional players there. Let's, let's not, I'm not going to be slagging them off, but last season was a massive disappointment for them. Uh, they really did underachieve, although they did a double over us. They got lucky, I, I felt. I don't think they deserved two victories over us. Um, and But they did score some exceptional goals. Casper uh, Schmeichel has been a rock for them for, for, for years and years and years. And it's almost like a landmark. It's a landmark uh, departure for them. You know, he, he's, he's, a, he's a player that, you know, he's, he's earned a fortune there as well. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's the end, it, I'll get a sniff, it's the end of an era. Um, and like they, they could go into decline, um, and, I, and I hope that's the case because you know they're they're in the same kind of uh, same kind of region of the Premier League as us at the moment, and, and I think you know if they have another poor season, that's another position that a team's going to finish below us. And uh, I, 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 I got a good feeling for Sunday, you know. Indeed, I mean, and, and we're talking about Leicester. I mean, the fact is that you know, sometimes we come to this section here and we talk about the stats and season, but obviously there's been no stats at all because no one's played any games as to what type of team they are. But we're going to go to Will, the spreadsheet winker, because he's going to give us a bit of a vibe on not only Leicester but about this season and exactly what's going to be going down statistically with teams in the Premier League. How are we going to do this year? It's the question on everyone's lips, and I'm going to try and give some semblance of an answer to it today. So clearly we're going to have different challenges this season. And obviously everyone talks about second season syndrome in our second season in the Prem. And there's no real way of telling how we'll do, but I think there are three key areas which will have a huge impact on where we end up in May. The first factor is Brian and Burmo. So he essentially had a very, very poor season in terms of his accuracy last season. He ended up with uh, four goals from 9.66 xG, meaning that he scored just 41% as often as the average striker would have done in his positions. If he continues his form from pre-season where he's already scored four goals, then that will go a large way towards us having a better season than last year. However, if he continues misfiring, then there could be issues in, in, in that regard, especially if Ivan Tony ends up being injured. So the second area, which I think is going to have a large impact, is trying to replace Ericsson's creativity. And I'd rather not talk about it either, but the truth is that we are going to miss his creativity and his passing accuracy and quality in this coming season. So let's have a comparison. Let's have a look at our current lifelike replacement, which is Matthias Janssen. Ericsson offered up 0.34 expected assists per 90 played, and Janssen managed 0.2 per 90, which is not terrible, but it is quite a large downgrade. When it comes to passing accuracy, though, Janssen's not that far behind Ericsson, coming in at 5% less accurate for long and medium passes. In terms of completed passes into the final third per 90, Ericsson's got 7.21 last season, whereas Jensen is at 3.76, even below a player like Christian Norgard. So he needs to massively improve this area if Jensen is going to be anywhere near as effective as Ericsson was last season. Now, obviously, our potential new signing, Mikkel Damsgaard, is going to have, potentially have a large impact on this. 
I might end up displacing Matthias Janssen in the starting eleven. However, because of his injury troubles last season, he only managed six full 90s for Sampdoria. It's very, very difficult to get any sort of a statistical profile on him, so he's a real wild card in terms of knowing how he's going to do. The third area that I think is going to have a large impact on us is at right-back. It's Aaron Hickey. He'll be a fascinating player to watch, if for nothing else, other than the clamour around our complete failure to sign a right-back in about three years. Seems to be a similar player to Rico because he doesn't really cross very often. He uh, instead seems to carry the ball into the opposition third and kind of lay the ball off to whoever is uh, to, to, to whoever's on the wing, whether that's Wisser or Mbermo. And the best comparison that we've got for this is the way that Rico Henry played with Saeed Benrahma in 1920, constantly overlapping and interweaving play on the left-hand side. So this is a large difference from our only like-for-like comparison last year in Mads Rerslev at right-back, who carried the ball into the opposition third just 0.36 times per 90 as uh, compared to Aaron Hickey's 1.44 per 90 for Bologna. So Hickey is a completely different player to Rerslev, and he's much more similar to the way that Kanos would play as a right-back, but he's got the added bonus of being much better defensively, which should be a huge, huge upgrade. And if he can interweave with our wingers effectively, then this will be a really, really great attacking avenue for us. So there you go, Will, the spreadsheet winker. He's just giving us the statistical lowdown as well. You can catch him on Global as well, doing some stat stuff there as well. But also, he's on the main podcast as well. But just coming back to Leicester, the Laney and the Allard. Um, look, it'd be nice to get off on the right footing on this game. Uh, we looked very good in that last game against a real Betis. We've got a real chance of actually kind of pulling off one against Leicester, who they scored some great goals against us last season. But we know what they're about. I mean, they know what we're about as well, but we know what they're about, don't we? Yeah, I think we are in one. Um, I think uh, this, like, like we said, while the transfer window is open, if there is unrest, and you never really know, but if there is unrest, um, it's very unusual for us to be in a transfer window that's open, thinking that actually this team are probably more, you know, have probably got more things going on and there's more players that could be moving on. Um, than we are normally. I, I feel like we're pretty solid. I don't think there's any anyone, any of the mate, any of the starting eleven are going before the end of the transfer window. Not sure that's quite the case at Leicester. Yeah, I, I'm just really looking forward to it. I, I think we do owe them one. That's, that's the that's the right way to frame this. Um, and the first game of the season, it just, it's that little bit extra. It's, it's a little bit more pressure on them being at home. Um, we're not necessarily expecting to win. I, I think, you know, I, I'll take a draw now, if I'm being honest with you. But I think we, I think we, there's something about us. I, I, I think that, I think, I, I think we can go there and turn them over, if I'm honest with you. Um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to speak too soon, but I just got a, I've got a, nice, I've got a good feeling in my, in my bones, Bill. Okay, right. And, and, and yeah, our same starting lineup as the Real Betis game. Yeah, I, I think that's 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 most likely the case. Um, I'm not sure why we would change it. Then you know, I, I don't really know where you would change it. To be honest, there might be some arguments that that, that people say that Jensen shouldn't play, but if he doesn't play, who who does the set pieces? So I I, I think I, I think the club have got confidence in him in that. Um, so I, I I think he'll start. That's right. Okay, and I'm just said to you as well. Just coming back to it on backwards and forwards, like I said to you, uh, um, Thomas Thomas Frank wants to win the League Cup, so we're going to win the League Cup. Apparently, in, in the field, Giles chat, he said we want to win the League Cup. He wants some glory, so we're going to win the League Cup this season. I just thought I'd throw that in there. So maybe getting a, a win against Leicester, who did very good in the Cup uh, last season, I think it was or the season before, then maybe that might put us in good stead. 
So, uh, look, um, listen, we, I've got to go off and do my barbecue, and you've got to go off and do your, do your stuff, the Elard, and Laney's got to go and get some more Spanish beer in a, in a Belgian bar, or, or Belgian beer in a Spanish bar, what he's going to do. So just quickly going to go around the table and ask you your score predictions, the Elard. Uh, sneaky 2-1 win to the bees. Oh, Laney. 1-0 Brentford. Oh, I'm going to go 1-0 Brentford. I'm going to go 2-0 to the mighty, mighty bees. Anyway, it's been great chatting to you. My name's Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here in La Casa in Spain. I'll be back next week for the Man United game. Very much looking forward to it. I've got the lady in the house. Good afternoon, everyone. I've got the Ellard in the place. Yubies. And like I said to you, I'm Billy Grant here, and I'm sitting here, and I'm very, very excited. Don't forget to go to Global. Don't forget to sign up um, and go to all good podcast channels. I've done it for such a while. I've got to be able to say. And give us a nice like and a big <laughs> thumbs up and whatever else you do. Like I said to you, don't forget to buy us a beer. Besorter.com forward slash beer besotted.com forward slash beer thank you for everybody who's bought us beers and everything like that don't forget to check your inbox because you've got these invites here from the Besotted Global which is all happening at the moment now and we're very excited but we've got a big game on Saturday we get free balls and we're happy as you come on as you meet Bill as it needs turning needs turning as they say come on you bees you bees come on you bees come on you bees Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.